Jesus made seven I am statements during his time here on earth. I am the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. But when he said, I am the resurrection and the life, it was the one everybody had to deal with. Because all of a sudden, he was claiming that he was bigger than death and bigger than anything that you would ever face in this world. And when he said it, in the moment that he said it, everybody that was within the sound of his voice, they felt what he said. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. So if you got your Bibles, turn to the book of John. John chapter 11 is where we're gonna camp out this morning, John 11. If you have the app, that is a great way to follow along, North Star Church, Georgia, in the app store. It's only $49.99 to download. It's a, should be, I'm just, it's free. But you download that to whether you're watching in Compass, you're watching in True North, you're watching up in the uh, high school, middle school area upstairs, or you're watching online, you're somewhere today. We are really, really glad you are here. Would you guys stand with me today in honor of reading God's word together? Let's, let's talk about what was going on. Jesus, while he was here on earth, Jesus had friends. Two of his friends were named Mary and Martha. The other friend was named Lazarus. You find him very often at their home in Bethany, hanging out with them. He would, wasn't an odd thing for Jesus to spend time with Mary and Martha. Well, Lazarus got sick. Jesus is a friend. They sent word to Jesus that our brother Lazarus is sick. Jesus was eight miles away. But for whatever reason, Jesus didn't show up. You know, we all have in our mind, we have a timeline of how God's gonna come through for us, right? And God didn't come through. Jesus didn't come through. Pick up the story, John chapter 11. Let's begin reading in verse 20. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went, to meet him. In fact, I think if there was ever a word that was probably left out of the Bible that Martha felt, it was the word finally. When Martha got the word that Jesus was finally coming. I mean, where have you been? Mary stayed in the house, but Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had only been where? Where's that word? Here. My brother would not have died. You ever felt that way before? God, if you'd have come through, if you'd have answered my prayer, if you, would, if you had done what I asked you to do, my brother wouldn't have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus told her, your brother's gonna rise again, Martha. Martha agrees, yes, she said. He will rise when everybody else rises at the last day. Basically, Martha was saying, yeah, he will. I believe this to be true, but that doesn't help me now. That's what she just said. That's great, Jesus. I'm, I'm, I, I agree. One day at the last day, there will be a, a, a resurrection. But my brother's dead. Jesus told her that statement Larry hit, statement I just said, statement Mike Wynn just said up in True North. I am the resurrection and the life. And anyone who believes in me will live even after they are dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. And I'm telling you, you could have heard a pin drop. The wailers, all the people that had gathered, all of a sudden it's like, he's not saying that he's just gonna be resurrected. He is saying he is the resurrection. Look at the question he asked Martha. Do you believe this? 
Yes, Lord. I've always believed you're the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who's come into the world from God. I believe you are who God sent. Verse 32, when Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and she asked the same question. Lord, if you had only been where? My brother wouldn't have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him and he was deeply troubled. Time out real quick. I don't think Jesus was mad at Mary and Martha for grieving their brother. So, yes or no question. This is like your pop quiz Easter 2021. I'm I'm giving you a dandy. Uh, This is an easy one. Did Jesus know where Lazarus was? Yes or no? Yes, you passed your Easter quiz, all right? So, yes, Jesus knew. So he's not, he's not mad about that. I wonder if Jesus was mad at the sin that caused the death, that caused the separation that they were all experiencing. I, I don't know. But we know he was deeply troubled. Let's keep reading. Where have you put him? He asked them. And they told him, Lord, come and see. And then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him? Look at, man, look how much Jesus loved him. He's crying, but then there's always critics in the crowd. But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have been here to keep Lazarus from dying? I mean, he was his friend. Jesus was still angry. It's interesting. As he arrived at the tomb, a cave with a stone rolled across his entrance, Jesus said, roll the stone aside. But Martha, the dead man's sister, she protested. Now, I want you to think about this. Her brother is in that tomb and she is protesting that they're rolling the stone away. Lord, he's been dead for four days and the smell will be terrible. See, legend had the spirit would linger around the body for three days, but on the fourth day, all hope was gone. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of the people standing here. Everybody look at me. And for you. He said it out loud so that they will believe that you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and his feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in head cloth, and Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. Would you pray with me? Father, great story, phenomenal story. But God, it's only a story until it's our story. God, may today we wrestle with what you did that day. And Father, I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Before you're seated, turn around and wish some people around. Don't, don't handshake, but what, say happy Easter to a few people around you, would you? They all got, they got dressed up to be here, all right? Don't high five them. You just got to wave at them, right? So I had my, I had my Under Armour Easter gear laid out and went, uh-uh, no, no. So next Sunday, I'll break, I'll break it out next Sunday. I had ordered it. I was all excited about it. And it was like, no, 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 no. You gotta, so I had to, I had to put a jacket on, which keeps my ministerial card good for one more year, all right? And so I'm, I'm on a year-to-year thing. So what happened that day? What happened? It's a crazy story. That afternoon at that tomb, an amazing conversation happened that involves you. Martha 
wanted Jesus to heal her brother, but didn't want him to roll the stone back. That's interesting. I don't think, and a lot of scholars don't think that Martha actually thought Jesus was gonna raise him that day. They think, many of them think he just, she thought in her brain he was just gonna go in and see Lazarus and then leave. Well, that's true or not, I don't know. But, but she didn't want him to roll the stone back because she said the smell was what? What did it say? Terrible. In fact, if you're like really religious and you, you I doubt y'all are here at North Star, but if you're like really religious, the King James says it this way, because it stinketh, all right? That's what it says in the King James. It stinketh. How many of y'all have ever had a teenage boy in your vehicle? All right, raise your hand. It stinketh, right? I mean, their shoes, their socks, like something's happened. I don't know what it is. Martha didn't want Jesus to turn away when she needed him most, so she didn't want him to move the stone. That's interesting. Jesus could have moved the stone all by himself, right? He didn't need any help. He could have blinked and moved it. He could have touched it, moved it. But he made them move the stone before the miracle happened. I heard a guy say this week, I thought it was really good. Before anything supernatural ever happens, there has to be a natural movement on our end. Some of us have things behind the stone that we don't want God to go into because they stinketh. You know what happens when Jesus moves the stone of our lives? I want you to write down three things, ready? He untangles our past. See, some of us, our past stinketh. Choices, places, people, things, regrets, disappointments for many of us. We look into the, the tomb of our lives and we're like, I don't want Jesus going into the tomb of my life. It stinketh back there. For Martha, Martha had some disappointments in God. You ever been disappointed in God? You ever prayed a prayer he didn't show up right for? How many of y'all have ever prayed something that God didn't answer like you wanted him to? Raise your hand. Yeah, and you get disappointed in him. If we were to be honest, Martha was disappointed in Jesus. There are times in our lives that we miss supernatural things because we're afraid to let him roll back the stone of our lives. Roll the stone aside, Jesus said. Do you know that if that had not happened, there would have been no Lazarus walking out? It took some human work. So we sit at, we sit at Easter 2021 and we, we think, well, Mike, this is a great story, but I don't know what it has to do with me. Well, it's got everything to do with you. See, Lazarus got to experience a resurrection that the sad part was Lazarus was gonna die again. That's the sad part. Poor Lazarus, right? I mean, he's in heaven. They, the Bible says a thousand years is like a day and a day's like a thousand years. He's been there four days and now he's gotta come back, right, to die again. Our resurrection, we will never have to die again. It's a powerful thing happened. Do you know you will never experience a resurrection in your life till you move the stone of your past back? Well, Mike, I don't know if God will like what he sees on the inside. Listen to me. He didn't love you at your best. He loved you at your worst. Romans tells us, even while we were yet still sinners, Christ 
loved us. We gotta move the stone for him to untangle our past. God is not afraid of your past. Here, number two, we learn Jesus wants to enter your mess. That's what he did in the story. He entered the mess. He could have stayed. He didn't even have to go to the tomb. He knew where the brother was. He did this so they would believe. That's why he did it. He could have done it any, he could have done it from the village that he was in. But he came that day at their most hopeless moment and he entered the mess. Roll the stone aside and Martha begged him not to do it because she was afraid of what was in there. My brother has been dead for four days and it smells. And for some of us, if we move the stone of our lives back, there's a mess behind it. So we sit in a room like this and everybody gets dressed up for Easter and we think everybody in Compass, True North, watching up the hill, everybody in watching online, everybody has it together. Can I just tell you something to make you feel better? Nobody's got it all together. Nobody. I mean, you and I, listen, some of you wrote in, you argued on the way to Easter service, right? I mean, y'all were in an argument about something, right? Somebody forgot a shoe, somebody forgot a sock, and it was your husband, all right? I mean, you're embarrassed, it's embarrassing, right? You argued on the way to church. Now, not to make Ann and I any better, Ann and I have never argued on the way to North Star, not one time. Not one time, 24 years we've been coming to this church, never argued. You know why? We ride separate cars, all right? And so we all got a mess though, don't we? We all got a mess. We've all got stuff in our lives we're ashamed of and we come to Easter and we're okay to celebrate Easter, but all of a sudden, talk about moving the stone of my life back, I don't want him to see what my mess is. He knows your mess and loves you anyways but you will never experience supernatural till you move the stone and let him walk into your mess. If you know Jesus and you sit in this room, you don't sit in this room because you got your life together and came to Jesus. You sit in this room because you came to Jesus and then he cleaned up your mess. Does that make sense to everybody? And number three, three he not only wants to do that, he wants to settle your eternity. That's great he wants to clean up my mess and it's great he knows about my past. And he makes all things work together great. But this is the kicker. He didn't say, I have come to heal and make all things whole, which is a great statement too. What he said was that day, I am the resurrection and I am the what? What was the next word? Life. And any man who believes in me will never die. Meaning they may experience a physical death, but if a man believes in me, here's what he's saying. If a person believes in me, the minute they close their eyes here, which we all will do, they will open their eyes there because I am the resurrection. I'm gonna resurrect Lazarus. A little over eight days from now, I am gonna, on a Sunday morning, not be in the tomb where they laid me on Friday. Only a man named Jesus could make such audacious claims. See, that day, Jesus separated himself from the pack. That day, he wasn't just a rabbi. He wasn't just a teacher. 
He was claiming to be bigger than death. And that day, the name of Jesus, for some people, became a person to be killed. And for others, he became a person to be followed. And the name of Jesus is still the same way today. I, I do a lot of work here at North Star, but I do probably as much speaking in the community as I do at North Star. Saying God's fine, saying, you know, heaven's fine, because everybody's got their own version of it. The minute you say the name Jesus, it, it's like, oh. Now I'll get asked to pray at chamber events or whatever, and I'll ask him, what do you want me to pray? Well, you can say anything you want. And I say the name Jesus, and you see people look up. They're like, oh, that's awkward. Because there's something about the name of Jesus that's different. You know what's different? He claimed to be something not everybody else claimed to be. And he backed it up. Jesus. 2,000 years ago, you had to figure out who he was. And 2,000 years later, you still got to figure it out. Jesus, there's something about the name. Watch this, would you? Jesus. 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 You know, there's just something about that name. We read stories about where the mention of his name has calmed the storm, healed the broken, and raised the dead. But it's more than just stories to me. See, I've experienced the undeniable power of his name. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I've watched him mend a wounded heart. I've seen hate turn into love. I felt his peace calm my anxiety. I experienced hope when I felt hopeless. There's just something about that name, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus in my darkest hour. His name shines brightest. I've seen him repair broken relationships. I've watched as his name leads to forgiveness. And I felt his spirit alive in me. There's just something about that name. Jesus. 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 It doesn't matter how hard people try to deny the power of his name. He remains. Jesus remains. And at the end, when Jesus returns, kings and kingdoms will all pass away. But there's something about that name. The easiest thing I get to do every week is stand here. And there's, it's easy for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's safe. Everybody's here because they want to be here. Third reason is I believe everything we say. I believe that God's word is exactly what we need to get through this life. Sundays are easy. Living it's hard. I think it was easy for Martha. I think Martha truly did believe he was who he said he was till it was her brother. I've done 
hundreds of funerals, hundreds. And I've been able to look at families and say, if your family member knew Jesus, they are at home with him. And it's been easy for me. This fall, it was a little tougher. Ann and I were on vacation and get a call from her mom and dad who were keeping our little puppy and they said, y'all need to come home. We can't, we can't take care of the dog. We're sick. And we've waited as long as we could. Y'all need to get home. This was at dinner on a Monday night. We took off. We packed up our car. We took off. We headed home. We got in and that week progressed. They just, they'd gotten COVID and they weren't feeling well. And that Saturday, I had gone to do a wedding of a young man that played ball for me and that was over in Dahlonega. And Ann's like, we're gonna carry my daddy to the emergency room. He's, he's not good. This was my statement back, your dad? Your dad's bigger than life. See, ever since I met Paul, he was just, we called him Big Paul. He was big, big personality, big smile, big hugs. He's been at North Star for years, retired. I didn't know the shoes I was filling as a 30 years ago when Ann and I got married. I'm like, oh, your dad and I, we got so much in common, we're a lot alike. And then I found out he can fix anything. And I can fix nothing, right? So he would come visit and Ann would have to get everything done while her daddy, her daddy was here. And I started to find out they were sending me on errands. They were just keeping me away, right? Because dad was there. Big Paul. Well, Big Paul that week didn't beat it. He didn't break the chains like he had broke every other time. He looked at her on Wednesday and said, baby, I'm not going to make it. And she said, daddy, you can do anything. He said, but I can't do this. We called her sister who lives in Canada. Beth, I know, is watching today. She flew in, called her brother, Chris, and her mom, we let them know that things are not trending well. That final night, I'm thankful to the hospital. It was so kind to let Ann in. She was with him and he was weak. He was tired. The chains of this world were just too much. He looked at her and he grabbed Annie's hand, her hero. He didn't say, well, here's how you're gonna accomplish great things in this life, Anne. You know what he said to her? Jesus. 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 told me when she came down, we got her mom and sister upstairs, and she told me when she came down, she sat in the car, she said, all I could remember, Mike, was to grab his hands, and I just sang that old hymn of the Gaithers. Jesus, Jesus, 
Jesus. There's just something about that name. And all I could think was the last words that came out of that man's mouth here on this side were of the person he was going to see first on the other side. Because Jesus, when you run out of stuff, is the one you need. Jesus asked Martha a question that day that Ann and I had to wrestle with in the car that night, three o'clock in the morning or whatever it was. Do we believe this? If I don't, I've just went through the most utter colossal loss of all time. But if I do, this loss is temporary. Because heaven's forever. I remember us holding hands in the car and saying, I believe it. Here's the question. That's good. The question is, do you? I'm not asking if you think this story. I'm asking you, do you believe he is who he said he is? And he did what he said he was going to do. Because that is the eternity changer right there. Would you pray with me? Maybe you're sitting in one of our rooms today. Maybe you're watching online today. And you feel like Martha. I, I, I have a feeling Martha and this large crowd of people that were gathered felt like she was the only one when he asked her that question, do you believe? Maybe today... You feel like the only one. And he asks you the question, do you believe? And ask if your mom believed it or your dad believed it or your spouse believed it or your best friend believed it or your boyfriend or girlfriend believed it. He asks you if you believed it. And maybe today for the first time you say, I do. Can I lead you in a prayer that I prayed 1983, Easter Sunday? Dear Lord Jesus, would you pray this with me? Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you lived. And dear Lord Jesus, I believe you died just for me. Would you come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and be my personal Lord and Savior today? Nobody looking, nobody's gonna bother you but it sure would do my heart good. If today for the first time you say, Mike, today for the first time I ask Jesus in my heart and I believe, would you just slip your hand up right where you're seated this morning? You can just slip your hand up. Slip it up, you can slip it right back down. Awesome. In just a few minutes, your host is gonna tell you what to do next. Jesus, one day in heaven, we're gonna be with you. Because you're the king. One day every tear will be gone and we will celebrate you forever.